You're listening to The Next Dimension. Dragon Ball Z presents the plan to eradicate the Saiyans. 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 Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. As ever, my name is Donovan Morgan Grant, and as always, I'm joined by my friend, Mr. Jesse Garrett. Konnichiwa, Don. Konnichiwa, Jesse. It's, it's apropos that we're talking in Japanese, all one word of it in this episode. <laughs> so this is, this, this is the countdown to the end, truly, because we have about... Uh, if we're adding the episode that you and I talked about off the air, an episode potentially after that, and the final episode, we're in. We have less than five uh, podcast episodes until we finish the next dimension. So this is definitely the home stretch. We are definitely uh, barreling through to the end. We're running out of things to talk about. <laughs> and as uh, Dragon Ball Super uh, fires on all cylinders in Japan, we are finishing up the initial Dragon Ball Z series in all of its glory. So. Uh, it's it's an interesting uh it's been an interesting time like barreling down to December and uh seeing what else we have to talk about considering I did that music episode that I hope people listen to a very good episode by the way thank you very much and uh, this this episode right here I think is probably the most unique thing we could possibly talk about on the show I don't think there's anything else like this so uh it's, I think it's probably the most unique form of content released. I agree. Uh, I mean, granted, content should beat us to the punch, but I, I don't see many other podcasts talking about what we're going to talk about in what it is. But uh, enough preamble. Um, you're doing well? I am doing super. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, oh, actually, before we get into the emails, uh, this was your baby. Would you want to tell the listeners where they can find our brand spanking new official group on Facebook? Uh, yes, you, you just search for the official group of the Next Dimension Podcast, and it is a conglomerate of fans of the show, listeners of the show, and just fans of DBZ in general. Um, it's mainly, I, I like to use it mainly to get everybody talking to everybody else, mm-hmm. and to kind of get the community going, for stuff that isn't necessarily like worthy enough of being mentioned on this show, just like a small little tidbit here or even a cool fan art photo there, stuff like that. Um, I've gotten a big kick out of it so far. I think we've been live like two weeks now, maybe, or so, and uh, everybody seems to be having a good time. Yeah, our uh, our clientele is, is uh, drastically limited because due to the, uh, the newness of it. 
but uh, we can repeatedly pimp it and share it on this podcast and share it on the, on the Facebook page. Because I think the Facebook page can be a lot more efficient than this one, which is a conversation. And this can keep the conversation going well after our podcast has ended for the time being. So, yeah, please uh, go on Facebook and search out the official group for the Next Dimension Dragon Ball Z podcast. Find us in the hey, – we'd like, we'd like to talk to you. Speaking of talking to, we have two emails, uh, one from uh, – both from our – uh, some of our regular emails, emailers. The first I shall read is from Alex, and then Jesse shall, Jesse shall finish up with the one from Rich. So I'll start with Alex's. Alex titles his uh, The Next Dimension Tournament Saga. Dear PyCon testers, A great episode as always, fellas, but I don't think I was alone in being taken aback by how quickly the coverage came and went. When you get right down to it, there just isn't much to say about the other world tournament, is there? As a kid, I was vaguely curious in the saga only because it seemed to be chugging along with a really soft, low-stakes direction. I assumed, as a kid, that this was setting up something big, and this laissez-faire story was just to pull the rug from under us. Nope. Just quintessential filler. Although, what I described did wind up happening in the Boo Saga. Like the Garlic Jr. tournament, or like the Garlic Jr. Saga, this one sort of inadvertently follows, foreshadows the Boo Saga a little bit. We've got a greater exploration of the Kai as another tournament, and we sell the idea of Goku settling down in the afterworld. This helps convince us that this really is his status quo from now on. It makes the difficulties of him staying on Earth and later returning to life a bit more meaningful later in the Boo Saga, where we know he does have another life back on Otherworld that he can get to. Most prominently, this sets up the big reveal in the tournament when Piccolo asks if Kaioshin is a Grand Kai, but we are shocked to learn that he is in fact the Supreme Kai, someone higher than everyone else. For the most part, though, this saga really is just a waste of time until Goku and PyCon fight. It was a decent enough fight, but not worth sitting through the stuff to get there. The Garlic Jr. saga, by contrast, has higher, had higher stakes, and allowed lesser characters to shine for a change, so overall, it was a better experience. The other world tournament wasn't exactly god-awful, so much as it was pointless, the most pointless of all pointless filler in the series. I do have a bit of a no-prize attempt to explain the jobbing of Cell and Frieza to PyCon. I suspect that upon dying and being judged... Uh, the various people condemned to hell, slash HFIL, have the power that they had in, the, in life com- severely cut down. After all, I doubt Dabra, as a heaven hippie ghost, would have given Super Saiyan 2 Gohan trouble. However, with guys like Cell and Frieza, because they're so strong in the afterlife, in, in real life, King Yama didn't weaken them enough, hence they could still cause trouble. It was these weakened spirit versions of the villains that PyCon was able to defeat with ease. After all, if PyCon truly defeated Frieza, the Ginyus and Cell without breaking a sweat, his power would, ha- would have to be streets ahead of Gohan's, who was able to kill Cell with less than half his power. And yet with just a few days, Goku was able to, to defeat PyCon despite being no match for Cell. Even if you BS that Goku's Saiyan blood powered him up from dying, no way the power boost would be that big. The fact that the villains are locked up at the end with another, without another word and later on in the Boo Saga allowed to roam free implies that they are no longer a threat where there would logically be nothing, nothing to stop them from rioting again. Unless you go with the idea that they've had their power diminished, that's all I got for that one. And, and I would agree because it makes so little sense otherwise. I mean, the general answer is it's filler. But yeah, I, I'm inclined to believe that like when you die and are sent to hell, <laughs> you're not as strong as you were when you, when you were alive. Uh, I, I think uh, we'll have some precedent things to say about about characters coming back weaker than they were before. <laughs> uh, in this, this, this completely canon <laughs> Of course! <laughs> this, this, this major <laughs> impactful story. But yes, very good no prize. I'll give you that. Oh yeah, I agree. On the Bulma Marin fan service discussion, I think me and Don might just be using different definitions of the term fan service. <laughs> Who does that remind me of? <laughs> 
to me, a character can be used a lot for the kind of fan service we are discussing, but still be a legit character in their own right, regardless of whether the fan service is viewed as good or bad. Aside a comic book example, Black Cat from Spider-Man for many decades was sometimes depicted in such a way that she provided fan service to the readers. Sometimes. That might have extended to her, some of her actions or uses in the plots themselves. However, for the longest time, she was nevertheless a good character unto herself. At least had more to do with due to her than Marin. I guess to me, Bulma is a much better character generally than Marin, but was still used more often in more explicit ways for fan service than Marin was. Hence, she is a bigger example of that compared to a character like Marin, who is used less explicitly and less often, but had little more to her beyond that. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I guess it does come down to definitions. Um... I, I still don't. I, I still wouldn't say that Boma was used for fan service more than Marin. I mean, like I don't think Boma at all in Dragon Ball Z has ever been used for that. I mean, I don't, I don't count her being grouped by Master Roshi as fan service because why? But um, I mean, even in Dragon Ball, like in Dragon Ball, she's never like actively. Every time she tries to use her sexuality, it's always goofy and and fails. Like when she does against General Blue, um. And, like, she's always, like, in a, in a compromising position that she doesn't put herself in, which also is, that is actually anime fan service to a T. But, like, it's so, it's so fairly brief in the series, like, in the first peel-off arc, that I have a hard time, in my mind, rec- uh, reconciling it compared to Marin, who, from the moment you see her, I mean, even in the first episode where she's not all that, like, you know, made a big deal about physically... You can kind of get the sense that, like, uh, she's this kind of pretty girlfriend that Krillin has that, you know, once Master Roshi gets his sights on, he, he won't let her, let her go. I don't know. I, I guess I just perceive the characters differently in how they were presented in this story arc. But I I think that I think Boma can't I think Boma isn't really portrayed as being fan servicey if she's trying to use her sexuality, whereas Merid was kind of ob- oblivious to the audience. Oogling her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... But yes, yeah, like she was drawn that way. Like it was clearly to entice the audience. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm not saying that Bowman was never used for fan service, but... I don't know. It's, it's, it, it, for me, it seemed more consistent with, with Marin's character than Bulma. Bulma, like... When I think of when I think of like Bulma, fan service is, is nowhere near the first thing that comes to mind, even though in Dragon Ball, in the first arc or two, you could definitely remember those moments, but... With Marin, it's like, oh yeah, the fan service character. But you know, I'm I'm willing to agree to disagree. Now, do you think if Marin was given more screen time, that she'd have the potential to, I guess, get past that? I suppose she would have the potential to. I mean, uh, you know, after a while, it kind of left Bulma, it left Lunch, um, so it's it's definitely possible. I mean, her character is the flightiest female character I think Dragon Ball has ever seen. Now, I think I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like like really obscure characters from, like, the first series. Um, like, uh, there's, there's this one character in the first tournament that, like, legitimately fought by trying to seduce the, the fighters. And that was, like, only, like, in one episode or something, or chapter. But, um, I mean, it's, it's possible. I mean, this, then again, it is Toriyama. Although Toriyama, like, like Toriyama tends to write female characters uh, goofier than just fan service characters. So, I, I mean, I would imagine so. If, if he ever created her, but he didn't, so, you know. Um, Alex continues... A quick point, when I mentioned that I'd always want to see a good DBC movie in theaters, that wasn't me condemning Battle of Gods. I liked the movie overall, but it was simply never released in theaters here. Oh gosh. Alice is from the UK, by the way. The only theatrical Dragon Ball movie oh. to, to be released here was Dragon Ball Evolution. Were you not aware of that? No, I wasn't. <laughs> His do- Sorry. Chat. 
<laughs> His darkest secret. Uh, it sucks that Battle Gods wasn't in the UK, though. That that sucks. It sucks that Evolution was. <laughs> Truly the cruelest of fates. That was a, one of the one of the many consequences from the revolution. Uh, and I think that's about that. I think about the time of the next episode, I hopefully would have seen Resurrection F. He has. He's confirmed on Facebook. So this is as good a place as any to stop for this month. Regards, Big Ass Alex Evangeli, the Dan to Yarbrough's Piccolo. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and Alice actually sent me a video from Screw Attack. I'm not seeing it yet, where Screw Attack postulates who would win in a fight, Mr. Satan or Dan. And I'm actually really interested to see that one at a time. I didn't check that oh. out. So, thank you very much, Alex. And our next and last email is from our pal, Rich Bourne, which I'll be read by Jesse. What up, my Yeah. This show has just been chugging along towards its conclusion, and I've barely been able to keep up. Then again, finding time for anything when you deliver pizza during football season is nearly impossible. True. But I've stayed listening through all hardships in life and the fall of my unlimited data plan. <laughs> I'm committed and willing to be a renegade to satiate my next dimension fix. But enough about all that personal and potentially dark material. How about that filler? When you've got nothing after a big story, it's always there for you. Quick, easy, and good in a pinch. While they may not be as polished or pretty as the other sagas, or necessarily have the depth, if you dim the lights and get drunk, (laughs) you can still find satisfaction. People hate on filler because not many are proud of Rebound. <laughs> and what is filler if not the proverbial rebound chick of anime? It gives you what you think you need and is short enough for you to remain detached until something better comes along your way. Maybe I'm an inconsiderate dick or toy animation has serious games. <laughs> Either way, we have solid content with fun non-canon characters. I forgot just how much shine the main Namek crew gets in the Garlic Jr. saga. Piccolo is a top dog. Krillin gets a, gets the gold digger and a sweet alternate costume he rocks during the arc. And Gohan gets some cheesy dialogue and needs emotional reinforcement from a father figure to save the day. You'd think he'd grow up to be Spider-Man. <laughs> but seeing all of them get to throw down with and even smack around Garlic shows how useful secondary characters can be given the proper time and place. I personally love the canon fodder henchmen because they suck so hard and are asking for every beating a bald man and a kindergartner could give. But it does make you wonder where Garlic got them, their armor or their loyalty in the dead zone. Why does he need them when he has evil Roshi and Yamcha? Well, it's Yamcha. (laughs) Why was the Blackwater Mist never mentioned? Is he on the shelf? Is it on the shelf in the lookout supply closet next to the Black Star Dragon Balls? Who cares it's filler that doesn't drag on and get clingy Get clingy texting you at 1 a.m. wondering when you'll be home. <laughs> oh, and Vegeta going planet to planet slaughtering Frieza's forces with a nice side story in a meanwhile in space sort of way. Not gonna lie, I love the nonsensual shit that goes on in DBZ's afterlife, and this arc shows why. Other galaxies with fighters on part of ours, other deities and fantastic locations, plus my boy Grand Kai. I love that Willie Nelson looking mofo. <laughs> He's sadly overshadowed by the much more useless Supreme Kai down the line. He is nevertheless entertaining and humble as pie. Now, I have to call out Jesse a second. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Why are you dissing on PyCon for stealing Piccolo's gimmick? Just because he's tall and green, wears baggy clothes, 
and generally remains stoic a ripoff. <laughs> At least he's non-canon and dead, you hater. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess he is dead. I never thought of that. Yeah. It's like, how strong could he really be? He's dead. Assel. <laughs> but in all seriousness, why didn't DBZ continue after the androids killed everyone? Show Trunks and future Gohan fight back until Gohan dies. Then show him in under- other world with the dead Z fighters having adventures in hell and stuff. <laughs> that should be a pretty cool like movie. Finally, I have to let something off my chest. Donovan, last month mentioning Geekdom 101 and others like Quaman's Land. The second those names came up, I started sweating like a whore in church. <laughs> I'd almost been caught in my affair with DBZ YouTubers behind your guys' back. I've listened to Quaman, Black and Fist, Dragon Ball Nation, all those guys, almost as long as I have used to. It's super cool to hear that you guys are finally coming together in some way. I promise they mean nothing. You guys are the only DBZ talk I need. <laughs> that should do it for now. Stellar as ever, dudes. Thank you very much, Rich. And uh, we'll think about taking you back. I'm not. I'm not making any promises. Um, but no, actually, thank thank uh, Danny from um, uh, Geekdom 101 for that because he's the guy that's really trying to make an effort in um, bringing everybody together. And, I, and again, I'm very uh, appreciative of the good things he said about our show and the the pimpage he's given our show in the last few weeks. Uh, the interview is out, by the way, in case everybody's not checked it out. The um, uh, Geekdom, Geekdom 101 interview. And I think it came together pretty well. But uh, thank you all the same. They told us how to find King Kai when we first arrived here in this new dimension. <laughs> the next dimension will be right back. Greetings, podcast listener. Do you like... Gotcha, or maybe... Dragon Flame! How about... Tatsuo! Or... In the year 1999, an abandoned alien battle fortress crash-landed on the planet Earth. Our most brilliant scientists and engineers spent the next ten years reconstructing the damaged ship and studying its highly advanced space technology called Robotech. Do you remember... Our Star or this? The year is after Colony 195. As the world constantly changes in the chaotic era, there are two mobile suits that could turn humans into the ultimate weapon. The Wing Zero and the Epion. Or this? Team, grappler ships dead ahead! It wouldn't be fun otherwise! Let's do it! Or, if you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out Anime Freaks, Hosted by Dr. Bill Robinson and me, Gene Hendricks. Anime Freaks is a monthly podcast covering all things anime. It is available at 2TrueFreaks.com and on iTunes under 2TrueFreaks Presents Anime Freaks. I guess you would have to do another dimension for no reason at all. And now back to the next dimension. So, we are back. Now, as I said at the top, as Jesse and I said at the top of the show... This is probably easily the most interesting and unique thing we've ever come across in our travels here in the next dimension. Um, and I it was the hardest to research. Yeah, um, I exactly. I, I I knew the bulk of the story, but you know, I, I want to make sure I get everything right. So I had to kind of make sure because you know, dealing with like uh, Japan and things, it is, it's a different country. Sometimes it's a bit hard to keep track of. So there's no earthly way I can, I can talk about... We can talk about Plans to Eradicate the Saiyans and the Super Saiyans 
without getting into like the background story on what exactly the hell this thing is. So, and Jesse, feel free to just jump in if I'm if I'm missing out on any uh, tidbits. This goes back to 1993 uh, on the Super Famicom when uh, Dragon Ball Z, the plan to eradicate the Saiyans. I, I thought it was just Famicom, just the Nintendo. Well, the Famicom is a Japanese version of Nintendo, right? Yeah, but Super Nintendo would be the SNES 16-bit. Uh, it, it was an 18-bit RPG. Um, I'm pretty sure. Okay, if it was 16-bit, it was it was a uh, it was it was the uh, Super Nintendo then. It was, it was it was one of those. Did they have they had a Famicom and Super Famicom? Is that correct? Because I know yeah, Famicom, Famicom is your Nintendo. That's right. Super, Super Famicom is your your SNES. That's right. So, yeah. So, already discrepancies. Yay. It's been a while since I've been in the gaming game. Uh, <laughs> basically, there was a video game that came out in 93, uh, which is essentially uh, an RPG. You could play as Goku, Gohan, uh, Trunks, Piccolo, or Vegeta around the Cell games era. Uh, Gohan's the Super Saiyan, but not Super Saiyan 2. Trunks is there in the armor. That kind of thing. Uh, I think Brawly. Um, and right after that game came out, there released a... In, Two volumes of, of v, two VH, VHS volumes, these visualized, essentially study guides for the games as a two-part OVA titled Dragon Ball Z Side Story or Dragon Ball Z Gaiden, uh, plan to eradicate the Saiyans. Now, this is legitimately, <laughs> I mean, it's basically they basically tell you what how to play the game. Like go care, use this character to go here, use this character to go here. Think like uh. For instance, if, you, if they were to come out with that for Final Fantasy VII, it's like, oh, okay, use these exact clothes to get into the brothel. Use this way to get through Cosmo Canyon. Oh, I guess Ares died. That kind of thing. Yeah, this is essentially like YouTube Let's Play, but in the early 90s with VHS tapes. And we should say that like this is completely animated. This is scored. The voice actors are all there. <laughs> this is essentially its own thing, but it's it was initially uh, used as a visual strategy guide. Which is the the most peculiar thing I've never heard of this like this kind of thing before. I find it very interesting. I haven't either, and I even looked to see if maybe it's a maybe it's like a common practice over there in Japan. I I don't know because um, I know both gaming and anime are much bigger over there. So I right. mean, it, it it makes sense that they would do this because this isn't something like a, a U.S. company would do. No, because it basically, spo- it honestly spoils how to play the game for you. Kind of like, I mean, Metal Gear Solid style, kind of like this becomes a movie, and there's no... Now, I mean, I, I, I will say, this this is a strategy guide. There, there is an actual game you can look up, uh, definitely on the Dragon Ball Wiki, where you see, like, the 8-bit thing, and there are actually more characters that are that are in the game than there are uh, uh, in the VHS. Like, Krillin's there. Um, for some reason, Propilov's there. Like the dragons are there. So, like, but the VHS kind of strips down the, the the basic story and shows you which characters characters go where. Now, um, it was also I know a year later, ninety four, for the Playdia gaming system, which was only available in Japan. Uh, it was made by Bandai. Made by, yeah, made, yeah, Bandai made all the Dragon Ball Z games in the nineties. Uh, I know for a fact that the PlayStation games uh, were Bandai. Yeah, um, Bandai made the system also the Playdia. Yeah, yeah, the Playdia I don't know much about, but I do remember. I think the first all time I know is Bandai made. I think the first time I heard about the Playdia was when I le- learned about this uh, thing. Um, but they basically uh, shipped it again, and I believe it's, it's it's still a game. But like they're kind of like those, um, 
I don't know. I won't say choose your own adventure, but like you know, it would, it would pause and like alternate, alternate uh, outcomes would would arise from your decisions in the Pladia version. I know for a fact that there are alternate endings and and uh, different gags uh, in the in the original Pladia version from 1994. Yeah, I read that it was a card battling game. Yeah, that that yeah, as you chose things, you'd have your your different outcomes. Card battling. Games are are very strange. I think not. I'm not saying they're bad, but like they're very, very uh, um, peculiar. Well, those those type of games, those uh, like video. Well, when CDs got big in, in gaming, like the vi- video was the biggest thing, and and they had a very a lot of the, I guess n- not not as interactive, cinem- very cinematic games in the early '90s, where you, you just kind of do more watching than you actually do playing. Okay, so that's essentially the original story of this. Um, it was basically like a, a, a video, a video game in, in the truest sense. Um, I know that this that the, the original version was actually released on DVD in 2003 for the Dragon Boxes, and the, we've not mentioned this before. The Dragon Boxes are the Japanese, essentially complete collections of Dragon Ball, and they're typically seen as like you know the end all be all versions of, of uh, Dragon Ball from Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball GT and the movies uh, that have only released in Japan. And I believe they're released there. Um, now, in 2010, this was, uh, in addition to Dragon Ball Z Raging Blast 2, this was completely uh, revamped from um, from the ground up. They reanimated it, uh, kind of rewrote it, and re-recorded it to where the story's generally the same, but like the approach is different. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like a base, essentially a remake, and you know, for all intents and purposes. And that was that was that was and, was, and they cut it in half. It, just, it went from an hour to thirty minutes. That was included in the Dragon Ball Z game, Dragon Ball Z Raging Blast Two. If you watch the video, you can actually get Hachiak, the main antagonist, as a playable character, which I think is kind of fun. Um, I've not played it, but the, 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 this uh, game has you know been sold internationally, and even though it's not been dubbed because the Funimation does not have the rights to it. If you watch the video, you unlock Hachiak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if, if you watch uh, the movie or or the OVA, you gain Hachiak, the main antagonist, as a playable character, which which I, I think is kind of neat as a gimmick. Um, and this has not been dubbed. The Funimation does not, as of as of this recording, does not have the rights to it. But the game has been sold internationally, so you so you can get this. At your local game store, if you're in America or in the UK, like Alex, or anywhere else in the world. So uh, I think that's neat. Um, so those are that's essentially the history behind the thing. What I'm going to do now is basically give you the general idea of the story, and then Jesse and I will get into like the nitty gritty about the original version and the revamped version, because like, the story is the same, and I, I'm not going to spend a, an, an exorbitant amount of time on it, but I do. I, I am interested in, in comparing and contrasting the the '93 version, the 2010 version. This is it. Oh, 
からではそのバリアは壊せんぞ<笑>フリーザぼ僕がこの手で一刀両断したはずなのに死んでなかったのか愚かなサルどもめ貴様たちサイヤ人は俺たちが抹殺してやる俺たちはい久しぶりだなクラまた会えて嬉しいぜスラッグサマラに殺されたサイヤ人の恨みお前らにわかんのかタレス<笑>どどういうことだみんな父さんが倒したはずなのに<笑>何を今さら無様に殺された奴らがこの身の程知らずめほう随分立派な口が叩けるようになったものだなベジータどちらが本当の身の程知らずかその身で思い知るがいい来るぞ So basically、um, we get more history of the Saiyans in that we are told that originally on Planet Plant which we actually encountered in the episode of Bardock Special.、Um, the, there, was, there was this race called the Sephirogens, you know, in Japanese. Basically, and, which have been since、uh, kind of translated to be called as the, the Tuffles.、Um, I know that's what they're called in Dragon Ball GT. And this, I think they're called that in the revamped version as well. And the Saiyans came to Planet Plant to co inhabit the planet. And over time, they began to overthrow the Tuffle race. And the Tuffle's greatest scientist, Dr. Raichi, or Raichi, or Ra- basically Raichi,、um, Uh, was really upset by that, that his people were being slaughtered. So he tried to make this machine from everyone's rage. I think it's called like the Grudge Machine or something. And、um, he was about to complete it to st- and、uh, create this, his great、uh, monster called Hachiak when he was killed in various ways.、Um, but as he was dying,、uh, the machine turned into a rocket, or I think it was always a rocket, and absorbed his. Hatred? <laughs> Or something? <laughs> And blasts off into space. <laughs> okay. That's, that's essentially like the background story of the plot. Now, generally, again, this, this involves Goku, Gohan, Piccolo, Vegeta, and Trunks, future Trunks, just to say.、Um, Earth is under attack by the Desron gas. And there is basically these,、uh, these vacuum cleaner looking machines that are. Distributing this deadly gas all over the planet. As opposed to Blackwater Mist, this just kills people or kills living things, and the whole world would be dead in over 70 hours. So the, the Z fighters have to destroy it.、Um, at one point, they in,、uh, encounter a machine at West City, and before they destroy it, they are beset upon by old foes from previous movies and Frieza. Um, um, so they battle them. This leads them to the dark planet, an outer space, where Dr. Raichi is. They battle Dr. Raichi, and they,、uh, they are eventually set upon by his master creation, Hachiak, which is made up of the hatred that every,、uh, Raichi and the villains have of the Saiyans.、Uh, long story short, they beat Hachiak. And、uh, this, by, by that way, they, just, they destroy the machines that enable the Destron gas. The day is saved, and the planet is saved as well. That's essentially the main story. 
Now, we're going to get into the... Actually, first of all, before we get into like the nitty-gritty, uh, Jesse, real quick, general thoughts about the initial version, and then what did you think overall about the revamped version? Just overall initial thoughts on opinions on uh, the first one and the second one. Uh, I, I didn't hate it. I liked it. It was. It's very much a video game story. It's especially for, of the era. It's not wholly original, and particularly the original version really does come off as a visual guide on how to play the game. It has map screens like yes. Zelda, and it tells it like it it tells you which character to pick. Like, <laughs> um. Other than that, uh, I mean, some of the backstory is actually pretty interesting. Uh, I think it kind of flies in the face of what we've heard from, like, the episode of Bardock. Yeah. And yes, it does. <laughs> sounds like also GT maybe didn't have, wasn't, like, on the same page with it. So, are, are you are you telling me this isn't canon? I, I don't know how to break this to you, Jesse. I don't think this is canon. <laughs> In fairness, I find it fairly easy to place. There is, in the original version, a discrepancy because you have Future Trunks and Super Saiyan Gohan running around, but Piccolo knows of Mr. Satan. Otherwise, this easily could take place in the in the ten days before the Cell Games. Now, of course, they call back like Slug and Cooler and movie villains that never appeared in the original series, so obviously it's not, but uh, you get the idea that that's what they're going for, at least. But, no, this is out of continuity. Uh, now, my question is, yeah, so... When we watched episode of Bardock, it was called Planet Plant. Mm-hmm. So, wh- where was where was Planet where was the name Planet Plant originated? Was it here? I think it was here. Yeah, I believe this this was it. In fact, like, like you mentioned, GT this this side story strategy guide game actually informs a lot of what comes later, which is bizarre <laughs> because Planet Plant uh, Naoshi and uh, you know by, by application Toriyama allowed that to be. The name of Planet Vegeta before the Saiyans inhabited it with the episode of Bardock. And the idea of a scientist from the race, the Tuffles, wanting revenge on the Saiyans is completely cribbed to Dragon Ball GT with Dr. Mew. He's a guy that creates the villain Baby. He's a guy that helps uh, create Super 17. And he looks a lot like Dr. Raichi with like the glassed eye and stuff and the, the blue skin and the mustache. Now, I mean, like, they're ripping this story off, which is interesting because, hey, what kind of story is this? But um, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of elements in this do appear later on. Funnily enough, in, in non-canon bits. I mean, Toriyama didn't exactly look at this, or I'm not sure even is aware of this. But this does in, end up informing things decades later. That's very interesting. And it's it's very interesting that they they reproduced it, like completely remade it for Raging Blast Two, like. That's so odd, and um, I'll just say hands down, I like the new version better. Oh yeah, um, far and away. N- not not just because the animation was much nicer. I mean, and also you got to think the the copy of the film, like it's not on VHS, so it's it's going to look better. Also, but I mean, some of the some of the story ticks we that they change make more sense um, <laughs> in a big way. <laughs> all of the stuff they cut out was completely. Superfluous, like it didn't need to be an hour at all. Right. Uh, so you, you're saying you preferred the the new version, also? Yeah. Um. I'll give I'll give my thoughts real quick. Uh, 
I find this whole this whole exercise, this whole plant theoretic and saying things, very interesting. I find this a very interesting thing that's existing in Dragon Ball Z fandom, or not even fandom, but you know the whole Dragon Ball Z franchise. If I'm talking about quality, the original version, it's kind of crappy. <laughs> but that being said, I I actually went to this kind of when researching it, and this thing is is hated pretty strongly. They, like the '93 version. And I don't see that. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, it was one of those things where, like, you know, like, like this thing is worse than the slave trade. And it's like, Grant, from, from a story transition and from a storytelling perspective, it is crap. It's actually, it's actually really shit. <laughs> but I had fun with it. Um, but when I first watched the Raging Blast 2 version, the 2010 version, immediately it was, it was so much better. Um, the animation was better. The storytelling was better. It was it was a, it was a, the same story, but it was told in a much more concise and stronger way. That it's not even compa- in my opinion, um, it's really not even comparison as to which on which logistically works better in telling the same story. Oh yeah. So uh, no, I I, I I the 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 first one I was digging because I, I found it interesting. I mean, I found I found I found the whole like you know. Goku head, Piccolo head, Krillin head, go to this island on you know on Super Mario World three map, very charming because it was it was insanely jarring. <laughs> like Goku was like, okay guys, let's go. Deet, 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 deet. I was like, what the? <laughs> but like, if you if you think somebody's watching this while playing a game, or someone's stuck in the game and then they turn this on, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I for an, like nineteen ninety three, I could see that being really cool. It's a, it's a very unique form of like cross merchandising and cross like pollination. I would have loved this if I was a, if I was a, in Japan at, at the at that age that they sold this and uh, was playing this. I thought I would have thought this was the coolest thing in the world. Um, but it, 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 in, in fairness, and I would I would like to talk about like the, like the, the setbacks of the first one. It can't be denied that like some of the storytelling is legit legit pants. I mean, for one thing, the henchmen that Goku, Piccolo, and Krillin are. Goku, Piccolo, and Gohan fight in the first one are completely cut out in the 2010 version, and no one cares. Exactly, like like, like I was actually watching this and say, "Oh no, have the Spice Boys been replaced?" <laughs> <laughs> they may have. These, do these guys get names at all? They they do. They actually are named in the game. They, I don't think they're explicitly named in the movie, but who cares? <laughs> I mean, they're um, simply putty men. Yeah, yeah. They might as well be going like. Uh, because it's like you know, there's there's a conceit in the first version where the Destron gas robs the Z fighters of using key attacks like energy blasts. Like Goku tries to use his Kamehameha and he can't do it. But like you know that doesn't mean anything because they, they just they just resort to pounding the crap out of them. <laughs> Problem solved. So it's, 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 there's a lot of false tension that doesn't resolve itself um, in, in an adequate way. Pretty much, I, th- I think honestly, like like I would say like eighty percent of the first part. It's, it's cut out in the new part. Like, because for a lot of it, like, it's Goku, Piccolo, and Gohan, and then Vegeta and Trunks show up at the end. Um, like, I mean, we can talk about the differences. The first one starts off with, like, Goku and Gohan gathering firewood while Chi Chi's yelling at them because she's Chi Chi. Then Mr. Popo rocks up in his flying carpet saying, Batman, I mean, Goku, there was trouble a brewing. And, um, whereas the second one, it starts off with a flashback that we don't get uh, until much later in the original version, showing you the siege on Planet Plant. By the Saiyans, like which one did you like better? I think the the new opening is definitely uh more gripping. It it get, really gets you into the story with a big action piece, as opposed 
well, it's not that I didn't like the original opening because seeing seeing Goku having some like family time is good too. But that can be the scene right after the the big big grand opening. And yes, it and still works. In the second version, uh, I'll, I'll straight up say I, I actually really like this a lot better. Um, the story is pretty much already in progress, where we see on the we see on Earth the gas starting to affect, affect people and affect plants and stuff. We cut to Capsule Corps, and we see Bulma analyzing the gas. She already knows what it is, and we see Piccolo is already there with trunks, and then Goku and Gohan immediately arrive. And I think that's really cool. I like that a lot better because it's that I like that kind of Dragon Ball storytelling where like it's an ensemble effort by the cast, and Goku and Gohan are there, but they show up after Piccolo's. Or like Piccolo doesn't wait for Goku to get involved; like he's already investigating. I think that's really, really cool. And I like the fact, and Bulma is actually used way better in the second version, whereas in the first version, she only has one scene where she tries to analyze, analyze the gas, and she has no idea what it is. In the second one, she's pretty much Oracle, where like uh, she figures out what it is and ends up helping the Z-Fires out in the later scene. Oh, yeah, she saves the day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that when we get to the fight with the, the resurrected... The, the, the Ghost Warriors. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I gotta say, like, I mean, I don't hate the first version... Because I find it is dumb, but it's dumb in a kind of a charming way. Like, so yeah, it's it's charming. It's like a relic of the past. You're right. I, I mean, the animation. I, I do like the original animation generally, but like the animation in the second one is better. Um, I like seeing Goku, Piccolo, and Gohan go off on their own in different parts of the world and trying to stop different things. I think it's kind of fun. I actually kind of like the gag where like one of the monsters is like, "Haha, I have this, all these landmines, and if you step on one, you'll die." And Piccolo just kind of just floats over him. I thought that was kind of funny, um, but there is there is a lot of those like you know oh no can this henchman is he going to defeat the Z fighters absolutely not so like there's a bit padding there that the second one wisely just just completely like there's no none of the henchmen at all in the Raging Blast 2010 version. Um, one thing I will say about the original version though that that I like is that when Vegeta and Trunks show up on the ice world at one point. Uh, Trunks grabs like a like, gigantic ice shard and uses it as, as a sword. I thought that was badass. Yeah, that was really cool. I was like, "Hey, that's cool," but that's gone in the, in the original in the second version. Um, and there's also the bit where uh, in the in the because it's, the original version is two parts. There is like you know sort of a to be continued thing where like the games end credits play. And you see, like, like the 16-bit versions of the Z Fighters over the credits. I thought it was kind of neat. Um, was there any... I mean, just out of curiosity, was there any part of the original version that you liked over the, the revamped version? I liked the opening with Goku and Gohan. Okay. Um, I liked seeing Go, the Gohan gathering firewood. That was that was pretty cool. Um, seeing the characters fight on their own was was fun. But at the same time, I pref- like you were saying, I prefer the ensemble. Mm-hmm. Cast and the only downside of cutting most of the henchmen away or all the henchmen away is that it doesn't seem like it's the stakes are quite as high, right? Because you haven't gotten this handy dandy map showing you know how far they've all traveled and fought. <laughs> but uh, I mean, in the second movie, they simply go to the go to what is it, West City? That's right. Yeah. So that like that's like when watching it, I was. I was like equating it to a game in my mind. In the first one, they each go to these like it's like castles in Zelda. You fight through one, you fight through the other. Then uh oh, another one has appeared. So you got to go back to where you began. Uh, but the other one, the second movie, it's essentially like okay, you just 
Cheat level to the last boss. And then, exactly. <laughs> just this, like, cut to the save, and you'll get to, like, the last... Because I think in the second version, there's only one Destron gas machine. In the original version, there's, like, four, I believe. Um, which is why you don't see Vegeta and Trunks till like, practically the end in the first part. Um, so that's cool, yeah. Um, I, I do... It was interesting, because I, I, I appreciate seeing the different characters fight on their own, but, like, what they were doing was kind of little. So I actually, like... If we're treating this... If we're going to pretend that this is an actual threat... I like how they did in the 2010 version where Piccolo and Trunks and Bulma are working together. Goku and, Go- Goku and Gohan show up, and then Vegeta immediately figures out what's going on. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, okay, this is this is the this is the uh, Tuffles. This is this is their kind of technology." And actually, I think this was—I don't remember exactly—but I think this was an innovation of the 2010 version. Although I might be wrong, that they originally created the Scouters, and I guess the Saiyans just kind of stole that tech. <laughs> that was cool to me. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. I was like, okay. I like that idea. <laughs> That's kind of neat. It really paints the Saiyans in more of like a scavenger kind of race. Conquerors. Right. Like, even before they were working for Frieza, they, were, they had the idea of like going to other planets and destroying the race. Um, cause like, like, by this point, like, because by and large, the Saiyan race is kind of made to be like this, this completely evil race. But Battle of Gods established that there were good Saiyans. So, but this is, you know, before that, so. And they did say, uh, Frieza did have a line, and actually I can't remember what version it was in, where he says that the Truffles imprisoned them, or enslaved them, and they basically rebelled. Hmm. Now, was that dropped from the other version? Because I I don't remember hearing it in both of them. I don't remember, I don't remember that. Well, I I have a dark confession to make about the first one, but, uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't remember that immediately, so... But it's yeah, like, like it was a throwaway line, and I was like, "Well, that that kind of changes everything." Yeah. Um. Actually, we can we can move on to like the resurrected villains. We have uh, the Ghost Warriors, uh, Frieza, fourth form Frieza, Cooler. This is the first time Cooler's come back in since the movies, I think. Um, Lord Slug and Turles, who you know is rolls in the same league as Frieza, obviously. Um. Yeah. He he kind of he kind of seemed out of out of place there. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to, once I got to him, I was really amused because at no point is he a threat to anybody. Um, and yeah, so basically by the end of the first part, uh, in the original version, uh, when they're in West City, they show up and prevent the Z-Fires from destroying the Destron gas thing. Now, there's a gigantic inconsistency because uh, they're fighting them, and what, what I do like is the fact that like, at no point are the Z-Fires actually threatened. I mean, Vegeta says, there's no way you can beat any of us, we're too strong at this point, and they don't, but they aren't. Like the, the the villains keep on coming back. Like there's there's in the original version, they kind of like have this Majin Buu pink goo thing that's kind of turned into dark smoke in the 2010 version. Where like when they're destroyed, they kind of just come back and regenerate. It's um, more yeah, more of an annoyance. Like keeps them distracted essentially. Yeah. Now uh, in the first version, <laughs> this is this is great. Um, they're like, how can we just how can we defeat them? They keep on coming back. Are they immortal? And then King Guy says, Goku, they're ghost warriors. And Goku's like, oh, okay, Vegeta, Chunks, Piccolo, Gohan, they're ghost warriors, guys, why did we think about this before? Okay, and then it's destroyed them. What? <laughs> For one, wait, since, like, King Kai just pops up like Obi-Wan. Exactly. Goku. <laughs> and then, too, yeah, like, the ghost warriors, I'm like, okay, you know, they're, they're aware of what they are now. What are ghost warriors? <laughs> yeah. What are they, and how are you, how do you defeat them now? And how does how was that knowledge implement killing them forever? Because they didn't do anything different. Uh, 
<laughs> that's actually really funny because that made no sense. I was like, <laughs> I made well, no sense. they didn't even like. They could get away with it by saying, "Oh, you know, they're ghost warriors, so they, you know, they don't believe in them, so that robs them of their power." N- nothing, <laughs> nothing, no, no explanation. I mean, I, I did like actually how Slug was defeated because Gohan just whistles in his ear and Piccolo uses his stretchy arms and like zooms in his face and blows him up. I thought that was pretty badass, but that actually doesn't make any sense if he's not actually Slug. Why would he have that weakness? Um, and, and, and further... Unless he's a projection of Gohan. Unless, yeah, unless it's some sort of, like, you know, LSD and hallucination, um, which I don't... Which the Destron gas, I don't know if it has acid in it. But um, to a further point, how the hell does Dr. Raichi know who these people even are? <laughs> like, real talk, because if this was going on... And because in the original version, the Dark Planet is said to be at the end of the universe... One, how is I, I, granted it's science and anime, so it doesn't make, doesn't have to make sense. But how is he able to like communicate so far away in space and know what's going on? How would he know who anybody is? Or I mean, how, I mean, I guess he would figure out who Vegeta was because they mentioned that like the Tuffles were taken over in the name of King Vegeta. So there's another like you know guy who doesn't like the Vegeta family. Um, can't say I blame them, but like. Um, like, like how, how would he know? How would he have any idea who Slug was? <laughs> now, I got a theory. Now, run with me on this one. So, all right. Do, does it ever show any of the Ghost Warriors with the Doctor? No, we don't see the Doctor. Like, we don't see his current, you know, present day form until I believe Part Two. Okay. So yeah. So although, this is although, my... I'm sorry, although in Part Two, in the in the revamp version, you see like the, the, these little orbs where like the Ghost Warriors like are all screaming. That might have something to do with it? I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe the gas didn't create... Maybe he didn't create the, the Ghost Warriors. Maybe the gas reacts to whatever Goku and his friends know. So, like, his biggest fear are some of his greatest foes. And right. the ghosts ghost take the form of those. Well, Gohan does say these are all guys that Dad defeated. So I guess that they're reacting to like their major foes. And Slug. <laughs> well, I mean, like it's funny because like they pretty much are uh, a uh, a a return disc to our movie special number two episode because we covered all these villains in those movies in that episode. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay, Turles, gotcha. Um, you know, and. This this kind of drove me crazy. Like, Turtle's like, you know, there's nobody who hates the Saiyans more than me, a Saiyan. <laughs> what the f***? Yeah, as he was saying this line, he was like, there's no one who hates him worse. And I'm like, you are a Saiyan. He's like, me, a Saiyan, who was killed by Saiyans. He's aware of the irony, but, like, that still doesn't make <laughs> I think Freeze would have more, more of a beef than he would. Yeah, I'm like, you're, you're, you're not like a rogue Saiyan. Yeah, you really... <laughs> Like, I can see Goku hating the Saiyans. Goku? Yeah, like, I can see him, like, somebody who's completely different than all the race. But, Trellis is just a a standard evil dude. And I don't know if you noticed this, but when there's there's, there's Frieza, Cooler, Slug, and Trellis, there are four villains. There are five Z fighters. So, when they start fighting, I think Vegeta starts fighting Frieza, but he actually doesn't, like, like, the people... The, everyone else but Frieza, v- Vegeta kills the other. I think it would, it would have been very interesting to see Vegeta fight Turles, rather than like you know Turles go after Gohan or whatever. Like I think I would have loved to see like Vegeta interact with another Saiyan, but that doesn't happen. Yeah, because yeah, he wasn't in the movie, so that makes that would have made a lot more sense. 
Oh, this. But nah. Um, I actually, I do, I will say, I really like, liked, and they did this in both versions, when Frieza first shows up, Vegeta and Goku, at the same time, react like, Frieza! And then you see Trunks completely shaken. Trunks is like, I killed you with my bare hands. I, and you know, Trunks has very little experience, you know, seeing Frieza for a, a dozen times, like all the other Z Fighters have. <laughs> so like, I, I liked how they did that. Where like, I, in fact, I think the first version, the, ni- the 93 version, had slightly more interesting interactions in terms of the villains. Like you see, you know, Piccolo interact with Slug. I mean, they do in the, in the revamped version, but there's more dialogue in the first version mm-hmm. where they 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 they, they 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 state their beef and they there's a more characterization I think. In the revamped version, just some of the script just cuts a bit of that out. Um, but but I, I, that's probably the one thing I, I do like more in the, in the first version, like more interactions, more you know yelling at the Z fighters that you know we hate you guys. <laughs> it was just funny seeing everyone kind of show up all smug and grinning. Like I think Slug says, "I'm so glad to see you again, so I can kill you." Mwahaha! <laughs> I thought that was funny <laughs> because at no point do they even stand a chance. Um, but you know it was it was fun seeing Cooler again. Uh, I would like to see his transformed version, but uh, it's kind of neat. Yeah, I I thought it was interesting because we saw a little, a very small amount of Frieza and Cooler interacting. I know that that I, w- I would have loved to see more of that. That was just, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if they share dialogue or if they like refer each other as brother, but they, they do don't... share dialogue. Um, I, I was keeping track. The only line I could find was, and this was like, while they're just kind of doing a stare off. You see Frieza floating, and then Cooler kind of floats towards him, and he goes, Ha 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 ha! Ha ha ha! Like, he's just randomly saying his name? Okay. <laughs> A little turned on there. <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, I will say, though, that, like, I love... Because the first the first explanation of how they beat him is just pants. The revamp version is great, because they're fighting them, and they're beating him up, but gradually the Z-Fighter's power is beginning to wane, and the villains actually get the upper hand, and are about to finish them. And Bulma comes in from the save out of nowhere, which was awesome. I love that. She comes in, like kind of like she did in the Android arc, but actually is useful, with like, basically like roll on rush, comes in with like these capsules to kind of like uh, dissipate the gas, and um, kind of just flies away. Like, kind of like, kind of like, um, um, I don't know, like 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 a, like a some sort of like helper capsule from a Mega Man game. Yeah, she's like an assist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it was like. Yeah, an assist from a Capcom game. But um, I love that. I thought that was it, again. It makes Bulma more relevant and useful far more than she was in the first version. And I like the fact that she's. I love the fact that she saved their lives. I mean, she she escaped before she they could she get killed by Frieza. But like, that was cool to me. Yeah, I I was I was very surprised when that happened. I was like, oh wow, this this is way better. Yeah, I was going into this thinking that, like, they were just legitimately going, like, kind of Dragon Ball Kai version, kind of, like, tracing over the first version, just kind of making it shinier. They legitimately rewrote some aspects of this of this story, and I thought that was a very unexpected and pleasant surprise. Like, when Bulma shows up, I'm like, whoa, that's really cool! Yeah, yeah, I'm assuming they just realized that their their old old explanation was horrible. Yeah, I know, it made no sense. I would have loved to see them, like, hmm. In fact, this was... Oh, I love this. In the first version, so part one ends. Part two starts off with uh, a recap and exposition. And, okay, part two says, and so Goku got the magic pearl to build a magic spaceship so they could fly to the dark planet. And then you just see the capsule corp spaceship. 
And I was really worried that you and I got, like, some bad uh, subtitles, because what kind of sense is that? <laughs> what? Like, I, I'm not making it. Did, that, did your version say that? Yeah. No, it said, uh, I guess it was a pearl. It was pearl, or he got something, like a stone or something, and, and I'll, I paused it. I was like, what? Did, like, did I not get the full version? Like, He did what? <laughs> I was like, and then, yeah, yeah, like, he built, he built, what now? It's like, that's, that's just a capsule corp. Like, I have no idea what's going on right now. At first, I'm like, when, when does Goku ever build spaceships? But then they showed the capsule corp ship. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. This makes no sense. Like, they, that, they obviously went back to Oracle's Watchtower. I mean, capsule corp and just, like, asked for another ship. Yeah. Like, Goku didn't build anything. He's taking all the credit. Well, why would, why would he need to find, like, a magic, a magic element to build space? a ship in the first place. Like, <laughs> like they went out of the way to have that make no sense. <laughs> I I don't know why they would need to have the spaceship in the first place. Well, in the first, again, the first version, like, the planet is, like, so far away, and yet they just teleport back to Earth, which is an inconsistency. But, like, in the revamp version, I like this, too. The planet is, like, out of nowhere, just orbiting the planet Earth, which makes more sense for Goku and the others to kind of just teleport. Because like, you don't see the ship in the second version. Yeah, that I liked a lot better. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just instant transmissions home, and I'm like, you had to get this supposed element to supposedly build a spaceship when you could just transform back. I guess he kind of like Nightcrawler; he has to know where it's at to transform. But right, yeah. I said, well, what I like about you know, I'm coming super ahead a bit, but what I like about the ending is that like when everything's kind of just exploding and blowing up and is on fire, you see Goku teleport, and you don't you don't actually exactly see him grab anybody else. I just thought that he dished everybody to die. Yeah. Later. <laughs> Whoa! Wait, wait. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but we move to uh, the Dark Planet. The the ninety three version has the actually actually kind of has reminds me of uh, World Strongest has Goku fighting a henchman by himself who has who has like a gun and defeats them defeats him before Vegeta says stop climbing around and let's go. And the original version or in the revamp version this cut straight to fighting Doctor Raichi. Uh, and I have to imagine this was some sort of like boss battle because Doctor Raichi has some sort of like protection orb that they had to like destroy before they actually defeat him which felt it, both both this fight and the Hatchak fight felt very video gamey not in a oh, bad yeah. way but like there was very clear instructions on how to fight and I know for a fact that like the that, like the whole like you know wait 15 seconds before you fight him is in the video game um so but, but what did you think about the uh the fights between Dr. Raichi and and, and uh, Hatchak uh, the sub boss and the main boss of the game exactly <laughs> Wily and then like Wily's like super robot Oh, he did look like Wily. Uh, yeah, I I agree they were very video gamey, but I mean not bad, not bad. And Raichi is fairly unique compared to the other enemies in the movie. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. He of course he he kind of looks similar to some other bad guys like Doctor Jiro. <laughs> There's something about that mustache and an evil scientist that like that. Yeah, like, like they can't they can't get away from the mustache. <laughs> it's just a big honking mustache too. It's not like like a mustache, like like Doctor, like Doctor uh, Briefs or whatever. It's it's like a gigantic like like ca- carpet full of whiskers. It wraps around like. Um, that being said, you know I do like the his little force field he uses to block everything. Um, because I mean it's something unique and it's it kind of explains why they're having as hard a time as they are. It was a neat, neat idea. Why he thought they could fight the Saiyans who are Super Saiyans when he... I mean, I, 
This part, I think in both versions, I legitimately had a hard time understanding. So he was killed on Planet Vegeta slash Planet Plant. In fact, the first version was insanely gory. We're like, I think a giant a giant ape just kind of just kicks the door in and smashes the crap out of him. And there's like blood all over the wall. Yeah. I was laughing. I was like, ha But um, the second version, like, I think something just hit his head and he died. He like falls off the ladder and then, and I was like, is that how he dies? <laughs> and then he's just like, yeah, he, he shows him looking up at the little spaceship robot. And then he's pretty much dies. Yeah, this is as, as undignified an end as one can be. <laughs> um, but like, so the idea is that like the hijack machine is, well, uh, you know, the grudge machine, like, the grudge that he and the entire race of uh, Tuffles, Sephirgians, have against the Saiyans, and that imbued the villains coming back. And, well, I mean, this makes no sense no matter how you slice it, but, like, the exact logistics of, like, how is he back? Like, he transforms, or has a transformed appearance. I mean, he looks different. And is able to briefly fight. I mean, I guess it, I guess they had to, to like, explain why you were fighting this character in the video game, but, like, I don't... Not this doesn't make me mad, but I don't think it makes any sense. Um, unless you have a better explanation. No, because the the grudge machine creates the Destron gas, right? I know it creates Hachiak, and it, I think it fuels the Destron gas. Although, or is the Destron gas separate from the grudge? God, we're doing this. Because <laughs> if the gas is separate, then then maybe that's just something he found and he's using. Right, which is convenient for him. <laughs> yeah, and then somehow, somehow his, I guess, grudge essence didn't get like accumulated into his robot. Yeah. Or maybe he's maybe he's maybe it's just like a program. His robot has a program of its master in there, and he's able to like manifest him. Well, I, wasn't Hotjack completely activated once he was destroyed or defeated? Like, I guess he got. Yeah, yeah, he was activated. So he was he wasn't like he wasn't he had no will of his own until until he was It's kind of like um um Dr. Giroux in both Cell and Android 13 from movie 7. Like the computer activates the thing that to avenge the doctor. Um very much so, yeah. Yeah, this is the same company otherwise there'd be a lot of copyright issues. <laughs> and I I do really like how he gets taken out by Vegeta also. Yeah, Vegeta just blasts the, zaps the crap out of him. <laughs> I do like that. Vegeta. One thing I like from um, West City is that, like, in the... Vegeta is pretty much a Super Saiyan in the entire uh, initial 93 version, except for a brief shot in, like, the, you know, the magic spaceship. But um, in the revamp version, he's, you know, based normal form Vegeta. And he's, you know, he's frowning the entire time because he's Vegeta. But, like, when he offers to destroy the Deshaun gas machine, he transforms into a Super Saiyan. And then he starts to start smiling. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Vegeta kills Dr. Raichi, you know, just as, as his father did him before. Uh, and then Hotjack comes out. What did you think about Hotjack's design? The three, I guess, visor orb head things were pretty cool. Yeah, it's, 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 it's extreme. I think it's extremely sci fi, more so than almost any other uh, character except for maybe Cell. It's a very alien robot kind of thing. Um, he kind of moved like some sort of like like uh, ambulatory sentient mechanized machine. Uh, I thought it was kind of. I mean, like, you know, he, he does look like kind of like a Dragon Ball Z anime movie villain, 
but I thought that the design wasn't awful. I mean, it wasn't you know like the Spice Wars or anything like that. Or the oh yeah, no, I thought he, I thought he was definitely one of the more unique looking enemies. And to be honest, I this is hard. This is hard for the for these uh, one off things to do. I kind of bought the idea that like he was as strong as he was. I mean, I love this line where Goku says he's even stronger than Broly. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Which you know the the Broly fanboys are just salivating over, and the, and the Broly haters are like, Grr. I just thought that was funny from like a fan because like, every especially in the nineties, every fan would like you know, oh crap, are they as strong as Broly? So that was always like a a, a marker for you know strength. So like the fact that like Goku actually said that at one point really made me laugh. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, like, he does legitimately beat the living crap out of everybody. I mean, especially Gohan. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just throwing him through the ground, which was kind of cool. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I, I, I liked the arena they were fighting in. It was kind of this very wide space. Like there was a lot of like jumping and fighting in the air. Like there was, it didn't look like a, like a place where you would actually go into walk around. They were kind of fi- fighting like sort of like you know this. It did look very video gamey, but in a kind of a cool design. Um, I like the fact that it was, it was generally kind of like a, like a four on one or a five on one fight. Uh, it wasn't. A, it was. There was no. It was very little of you know only Goku can fe- defeat him. No, like like, like pretty much. None of them are actually stronger than him. They kind of kind of time him out. Basically, uh, yeah, yeah. I like that it was a group effort throughout the entire fight. There was I, I did kind of find it crap. What is it like? Or like uh, Piccolo conveniently has sensu beans. Gohan's like, oh, take one. He's like, no, there's only three left. And I'm like, god damn it, Corrin. <laughs> <laughs> How many yeah. times in the series? It's like you couldn't have given him two more. That might be my, one of my least favorite plot <laughs> contrivances. Like especially in like the in like the uh, the tournament in the Buu Saga when like Goku gets a sense of being for Videl and Korin says like oh there's only one more or whatever it's like are you kidding me? <laughs> so you should stockpile those things, man. Come on, it's the only thing you're good for. For real, exactly. Um, so that happens. Uh, but like they they cut that part out in the in the 2010 version, which I like, where Piccolo actually like Piccolo's basically like not unconscious in the first part. In the in the revamp version, he's there for the entire fight and he helps contribute destroying Hachiak which is kind of cool which I like um other than that like, Vegeta throws a lot of final flashes at this cool uh Trunks straight up does a move from the video games where like that kind of hand movement that uh I know it's been credited as the burning attack but the burning attack is like the one from uh when he killed Frieza I like this one was more like the uh final final buster <laughs> or finish buster from the games um and I don't know. It was, it was kind of neat. Uh, Goku counting to fifteen, and uh, and then ending on thirteen in the, in the second part. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess I don't have too much to say. Besides the fact that I liked it. Like, what are? Do you have any other observations from the the second part in the fight? Now, the in the original version, the second fight. At one point, it looks like you have four characters doing a, a kamehameha wave. Really. Yeah, I, I I had to rewind it and look because you've got Gohan, Goku, and then I was like, is that Vegeta? But I guess he was doing the final flash, which in here, like a couple times, did look like a similar motion to it. Where in the well, past, it's, I thought it had been done differently. Well, they did animate his final flash slightly different because his his final flash is like where he holds his arms out apart, and this one he held his arms out apart, but then like, he kind of put them over his head and kind of threw the attack, which is. I mean, he's he, like like the, like like Rio Horikawa shouts "Final Flash," but that's usually not how it's typically uh, performed. 
And Gohan sure did look like he was uh, firing Masenkos. I forget if he actually says that. Piccolo fires the uh, Ma Ken Kosa special beam cannon. And uh, Goku... I did like Goku was like, Cho! Kamehameha! Which is like the super Kamehameha. Which, which they do every now and then, which is kind of kind of cool. But yeah, like when, when you're talking about like when the shot where like the the camera has the blast fire towards the the POV, and they're all blue. I guess they all do kind of like kamehamehas. Yeah, that that's the shot I was talking about. Okay, the day I see Piccolo do a kamehameha will be <laughs> an interesting day indeed. The day I see Vegeta do one. Yeah, <laughs> for real, exactly. Um. So yeah, uh, I guess. That's essentially the, the the gist of it. Those are like the differences between because those, those parts. I think what we just described is in both versions, except for Piccolo. I think, um, and I, I no, I, that's pretty much the gist of the whole thing. Are there any other tidbits that you can bring up? Um, yeah, the I guess the the mo- majority of the changes are in the the first part, which is lo- largely cut down. Mm-hmm. But I think that. Well, no, I guess, I guess. No, no, I think you're right. Well, the the Bulma part, her coming to rescue, is that in the second part? Well, the the fight with the villains is in in the '93 version. That's at the end of the first part, I believe. In the revamped 2010 version, Bulma comes in and saves the day. That's only in the 2010. Yeah, version. but would that would that be at the point of the second movie? I think it's still in the first part because they're, well, they're still fighting the villains, and that was in the f- part one of the OVA. Okay, that's right. Yeah, because it, it it ends with them. Defeating them, and, and then the part two starts off with them going to space. <laughs> Thanks to the magic pearl, <laughs> I guess. Well, it's like the, the majority of what they cut out was at the very beginning of the show, but yeah. later on they cut less out. But I think what they cut or what they changed was more important. Well, in the 2010 version, they, it's, it's pretty much new footage. Like they they reanimate and kind of retell the death of Doctor Raichi. And then you go on Earth, and like that entire scene at Capsule Corp between Goku, Gohan, Piccolo, Trunks, and Vegeta, and Bulma. I mean, like it, it serves the same story purpose as it did in the original version, but it's completely new. Like, oh yeah, like, 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 it has no counterpoint. Yeah, yeah, like, like it's, it's completely shot differently. And then I think from that point they just fly to West City. Like, they, they, like, like within ten minutes they cut straight to West City and fight the Ghost Warriors. So I guess it, like they 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 uh, scalped like. 60% of part one in the original OVA, there's no fight in the ice, there's no fight at, uh, on the Poco Poco Mountains, there's no battle in the landmines, there's no singular adventures for Goku, Piccolo, Gohan, there's no cut to uh, the Super Mario 3 world map. <laughs> Which, if they get that, then that'll be hilarious. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, th- I, think that, I think 2010, they, they reanimate the first two scenes, and they cut straight to the fight at West City with the Ghost Warriors. Because uh, again, like, you know, the, the, the second part, is 30 minutes long, or maybe, like, I think, like, 27 minutes long. Uh, so that there was a lot of fat to cut out. And I guess, in the OVA, part two is basically the same, aside from, like, the first five minutes, and they kind of just reanimate it. Other than the uh, Piccolo aspect of it. Right, yeah. yeah which is I mean, like, they completely reshot, rewrote, and, re- you know, Piccolo is, like, beat the crap out of Knocked Unconscious in the first part, and in the second part, he's there. He, like, he, and it, I don't know, I, I was expecting... So much lazier work, but they straight up just did it again, and they, they straight up like just did it differently. Which I was, and yeah, yeah. When we're saying cut, it's not like they they re, like they just cut scenes out and re-edited. Like no, all this is like yeah, like brand new stuff. Right. This, it isn't like I mean, there's there's clearly shots that are that are similar, and like you know they 
they clearly looked at that shot from the original. Like, there's a very famous shot where, like, Goku and Vegeta see Frieza. And in the original, they're Super Saiyans. And in the, the original, in the sec- second version, uh, Vegeta's Super Saiyan, but Goku isn't. That's clearly, like, like, the same idea of that shot, but it's redrawn because Goku's normal. But, uh, for the most part, it's reanimated. It's, it's just, the story's going on differently, but it's, it's done differently. I hope that I, we're explaining this correctly, but, like, uh, it's, 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 I think, I find it fascinating. <laughs> um, because I know that, like, this is sort of the idea that people were going into Dragon Ball Kai when they first announced Kai, that they were going to reanimate the anime. It was kind of done differently from the manga, but it really wasn't. It was kind of just traced and done again. This one is a lot different, and I find, on, it's, on, on, the, on the face, it's just better. Like, this, the way the story is told is a lot more engaging. There's no Popo. There's no naked henchmen. There's no you know battle toads looking guys. There's no fights in the ice or whatever. And I don't again. I don't. I did not find the first part to be so offensively awful uh, that I hated it. I will admit that like uh, when watching the original OVA, I actually kind of fell asleep two or three <laughs> times. <laughs> and I don't blame that on the story necessarily. I think it's because I, I didn't eat or whatever. But and by the time that like uh, Hatchack beat the crap out of Vegeta. Uh, I fell asleep and had to kind of keep on waking up and <laughs> trying to pay attention, which is why I, I don't remember that part you were talking about, about um, uh, the Ghost Warriors and Dr. Raichi that you mentioned earlier. I don't exactly remember that, but, um, you know. But the, but the, the second version, you know, is a lot easier to digest. To digest. Oh, yeah. I mean, they... I mean, if, if nothing else, that kind of you falling asleep kind of proves it. It was it was overly long for what it was. It it could have you could use to be cut down. Yeah, I agree. there's just a lot of fat you can just like slice out. There's nothing I missed from the first part, um, really at all. Other other than maybe Trunks using an, an ice blade, which is kind of cool, but that's only like kind of like two scenes. Um, so yeah, uh, is there any is there are there any other differences that uh, we've not mentioned yet from the from the first part of the second from the first version to the second version? I can't think of any, um, and I, and I, I mean, I was trying to point them, like, I was trying to make a point to remember, to, like, notice them while watching them. Yeah, I thought it would be a lot harder than it was, it, it really wasn't. I know that, like, do we see Chi-Chi in the 93 version? Is it no way we just hear her in the... No, I don't believe we do. Okay, it's just, it's just the, the voice actress saying dialogue, and it, uh, the, the jokes are different in the second one, where, like, uh, Goku, Gohan, time for your snacks. Oh no, what happened to your clothes? Where have you been? And then, like, they're like, uh, well, at first, but then, the Earth need to be saved? And then, like, for some reason, she's just like, like, ah, the Earth, that's it, no more food for you. No dinner for 1,000 years. 1,000? Which is just like, Like, she's pissed at the Earth? Like, what the f***? (laughs) Like, it's, uh, it's like, um. I don't know. I, I guess the idea is like you know, for the audience, go ha 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 ha, ya bitch. But uh, okay, <laughs> we don't. That's, it's, like, it's like contriving the audience to hate Gigi. I don't know.
Well, what did you what did you think about this exercise? Did you did you find this exercise in, in uh, uh, what we've looked at today to be worthwhile? And would you recommend people to kind of check out either version, one version or the other, or both versions? Like, what, what are your overall thoughts leaving Plan to Eradicate the Saiyans slash Super Saiyans? Oh yeah, I'd say I'd say check them out. So I mean, I think it's like a, a worthy piece of DBZ content to to watch. Um. I mean, if you're gonna if if you just want to get the story, watch the new one. Yeah. But if you want to just get like the nostalgia feel, and especially we're a fan during the '90s, then I'd say definitely watch both of them. Yeah, I will say that like this is probably one of the more generally obscure things we've ever talked about, and I, I mean it. Like, I mean, if you're a casual fan who's seen the series when it was airing in America and like it and watch the movies when they come out in America, but don't necessarily read up on it. There's no way in hell you would know about this. I mean, I think that, like, general audiences probably just assume that, like, Raging Blast 2 had this just new side story to introduce the, the new character. Um, in fact, like, uh, before Raging Blast 2 came out in 2010, yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't, I, I would hazard to guess that most of the American fandom would have no idea that this would exist. Unless, you know, unless they were hardcore fans. And that's, that's, that, that's, um, cool, I think. Um, I agree. I, I've really loved watching the, the Raging Blast 2 version. From a combination of, like, you know, just being surprised how, how better it was and how much better it was told, to really enjoying how things looked and, like, how things were different, like Bulma saving the day and the more ensemble nature of the, the fights. I love the uh, uh, 2010 version. But, but I think that, like, I don't think it's necessary. You, you have to go out and seek the... Again, these are readily available on YouTube. You don't need to go out and seek the original OVA. But I don't think it's a waste of, waste of your time either. I, mean, I, I Again, it's fun to see like the show cut from regular animation to 8-bit animation for some reason. And this is nonsense of like, you know, oh, Ghost Warriors, okay, now we can kill them. And like, you know, Goku had to find the magic rock to build a spaceship. <laughs> says <Castle Cor. laughs> Why did they do that? <laughs> so that, that, that stuff I found fun. And overall, I, I actually really liked it. Because I, again, I, I had not seen this at all. I, I'd heard about it, I'd read about it, but I've not seen it, so... uh this was a lot of fun. So, now what? Uh, as an exercise, what do you think of this as like a visual guide for gaming, or as a companion piece to a video game? Um, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I guess this, kinda, this depends on your opinion of strategy guys. I'm not used strategy guys, but I don't think strategy guys will kind of blow plot points exactly. I really, uh, as a, as a, as a kind of you know a kid at heart, I love the idea of watching a movie alongside playing a game. I gotta say, though, wouldn't this spoil <laughs> the, the events of the story? Like, this kind of blows it for you in some instances. But I think that, like, I don't know if I would say, like, you know, this is what should be done all along. I mean, it's basically, like, you know, a movie adaptation in, in some ways. Like, you know, like an anime Yeah, adaptation. definitely. Um, I think it's definitely interesting. I don't know if, if I have a pro or a con for it. I, I think it's definitely thought-provoking, to say the least. What about you? Oh, yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, I thought it... it Definitely, at the time, you could you could kind of get the idea that they were really experimenting and trying new stuff with it. Like, okay, you know, we got this game out. Let's release this guide for people who want to either like get a recap of the story of the game without having to play it. You know, I guess maybe once they beat it, or if you just want to play along with the movie and kind of take your take your tips from that. Because I mean, it does work as a guide. It tells you where to take which character. Literally, it tells you, like, points you on the map. Right. But yeah, it, yeah, it also holds parts, on its own. The map parts specifically say, take Piccolo here, take Gohan here. So, um, 
No, I, I think it's I think it's it's interesting, and if they ever do this again, I would love to see it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that was Planetary Eradicate the Super Saiyans. Planetary Eradicate the Science. Super Saiyans is a later version. And um, overall, I'm really, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not at no point have I ever hated what we've gone over in terms of you know the extra content. But this was a particularly engaging uh, exercise. I think I really enjoyed this um, as a review. So. Next time, that is a question. Next time, uh, obviously, the only thing left for us to review is Resurrection F. But uh, I don't know. We'd like to get to episode fifty before, uh, in terms of ending things. So I think I'll just leave uh, what we come out with next time as a surprise. There'll be at least <laughs> I have an idea to, for two other episodes before we end in December. So yes, uh, for the month of October at least, let's uh, have a scary laugh for this episode. Uh, oh no, yeah, yeah, the Ghost Warriors. It's, it's Halloween, you see. That's why they're, they're ghosts. Ah, perfect timing. Oh, yes. I sure did plan that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that um, you will, Jesse and I shall return um, in the month of November, uh, which by that point you will be married, sir. I will be a married man, yes. Oh, yes. So <laughs> the times, they are a changing. That's I think that's why we're recording as we are now. I probably won't put this out immediately, because uh, the previous episode has only been out for a few days, so I'll probably send this for a little bit and put it out around the time that you get rid. So, but until that next episode, whenever that will be in the month of November, uh, so Jesse, any final thoughts regarding the plan to eradicate the Saiyans? I hope that, uh, I don't accumulate too much grudge energy. <laughs> I do love that name. Uh, and turn pink, all we, all we do is count 15 seconds before we attack you. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys, that will do us for the month of October. And until the next episode, we shall see you later. Thank you for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.libson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please send us feedback at iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama. Capsule Core, where we said, <laughs> oh, This is my own <laughs> I thought of Boma and then I thought about that song. <laughs> yeah. We cut to Boma. Boma flashing to no, She's not doing that. Um, You're listening to the next dimension. And the same thing with Krillin. Going on to Krillin. Krillin, who was a short ball guy, a short monk. With um, dots for eyes, six dots on his forehead, and no nose. <laughs> this is a weird show. <laughs> he doesn't have a nose. After absorbing it, Krillin has a big, huge, looks like a spherical ball of energy in one palm. He hears King Kai's voice in his head, tells him to sense Vegeta's evil Kai. Goku's kind of cheering him on, telling him he can do it. 
Uh, even though I do all that, he still misses. <laughs> he, he blew his head off! He blew his head off! He just completely owned the shit. He did. He totally did. This was probably the worst ending I've seen on a DBC. <laughs> Make it rain. We've all had a lot of fun watching Dragon Ball Z throughout the years. From the lighthearted moments with the characters. Why would he be training on King Kai's planet during my birthday party? You really need to ask that. So, you mean you like short hair? On girls, Gohan? Are you saying you think Gohan's grades are more important than the future of the entire Earth? I am not the Earth's mother! I don't give a damn about anyone but my little baby! Two moments of intense drama and characterization. Times change, and so must we. So in the final months of 2015, join Donovan and Jesse as they cover new Dragon Ball Z content one last time. In the month of November, episodes 48 and 49. And in the month of December, episode 50. Resurrection F Review. The first time we fought, I made mistakes and you caught me off guard. To ensure that won't happen, I'm going to take my final fall from the start. The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. All good things must come to an end.